0: hi i'm dan and if you're new to homebrewing so am i welcome to my adventures in homebrewing hey everybody it's dan It's that time once more to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way thanks a lot for coming out this week uh as you and i also gotta say thanks to uh in from uh, Battlehouse house hops uh having uh, been on the podcast last week and tell us a little about uh his hop farm and uh basically like uh, craft hops and things like that that he's done that he's supplying to the local uh, brewers and also home brewers and things like that so if you haven't had a chance uh go online look at uh, battle house hops and uh check them out uh they're fantastic he's a fantastic guy it's a really cool area um it used to be a training ground for the royal canadian mounted police from they used to do fighting in built-up eras and uh yeah it's pretty cool stuff so uh this week uh we're gonna be talking with someone i've had on the show before we're gonna be talking to ryan packmeyer not only is he an award-winning uh home brewer but he's also a writer for zymergy magazine um if i'm right and if i'm remembering this right i know ryan will correct me if i'm wrong or not uh he's won uh the big beer comp uh contest in breckenridge uh i'm not sure how many times but i know he's won it so He'll he'll correct me along the way, but uh, so this week we're going to be talking about uh, how uh, barrels, barrel aging, how to maintain them, and things like that. So uh, if you're into barrel aging and all things dark beer or beer going in barrels and aging them so they kind of taste like bourbon or whiskey, well, this is the show for you. So uh, hang tight, uh, we're going to hear from Escarpment Labs and also from Brewers Friend, and we'll go from there. Hey, it's Dan here one more time, and I'm happy to say that we are now, or should I say my podcast is now sponsored by Escarpment Laboratories. Yeast production for the fermentation of the exceptional craft beer, whether your kit is on the stovetop or in a commercial brew house, wholesale yeast and quality control for the profitable pro brewer, community engagement and education for the discerning home brewery. If you are a craft brewer and you love using quality yeast, then you really do need to check out Eskarbon Laboratories. Dan here one more time to say thank you to the great people over at Brewers Friend for the fantastic offer they have just given us. For all the new users of Brewers Friend for their first year, you're going to receive 15% off. That's 50% savings on this great piece of software. And what is Brewers Friend? Well, Brewers Friend is a complete recipe designer, brew day planner, and journal. The details make the difference between an average batch of homebrew and a truly excellent brew that is repeatable. Brewers Friend automates the details, guides you through the brewing process, and saves all the data. And how do you get all this fun stuff? once you go in and you sign in and you go to sign up for Brewers Friend and to get that 15% savings, you need to use the promo code PODCAST. That's all you got to do. When you sign up, type in the podcast for the promo code and you will get 15% off. Again, thank you to the great people at Brewers Friend for this and I'll see you on the other side and we're back look at that magic of technology we're back so here we are with ryan uh out in out in colorado i mean uh i, f- I keep forgetting um what part of colorado i know it's not denver i know just it's outside not of denver Boulder. just outside, just outside, of outside denver. Of denver. yeah all right and uh, so thanks for I,
1: thanks for having me today dan it's great to be back on the show well, no
0: worries thanks for coming back man greatly yeah. appreciate it i mean i i know i've picked your brain a few times on uh how to do things and uh i can say this uh i took your advice when i was doing my baltic porter and uh i maxed out the malt pipe on my brusilla honestly like i was going to stir the damn thing and i was like it it ain't happening (laughs) how did did, did the beer turn out absolutely fantastic i i got a what a nine and a half percent baltic porter and uh people like oh you need to have it on tap i'm like that is a beer you do not put on tap (laughs) it's it's a one and done so it goes into the little stubby bottles and that's it (laughs) nine and a half percent i don't need a big glass
1: (laughs) i feel the same way it uh it always boggles my mind when i go to friends houses and they have like a 17 percent beer on their on their tap and i'm like really this is gonna be on for like two years (laughs) <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, exactly it's it's like it's almost like saying um this is a beer on a dare like how many can you handle in one sitting might as well put a bottle of whiskey
1: on tap right that's uh <laughs> could be worse things yeah that's that's, that's, that's fair point um, could be worse about the about the big beers uh competition earlier i haven't won the whole competition like best in show but i've won uh, many medals over the years there so okay. that's there's your correction
0: Well, like I said, guys, I knew he would correct me if I was wrong. (laughs) Uh. So uh, we also have a friend in common, uh, Coulter uh, Wilson, who has the podcast Homebrewing DIY. Coulter, I hope things are going well in your family. We're thinking about you. Uh, If anything we can do, reach out, let us know. Um, So with that said, we are going to talk about barrel aging, prepping your barrel, uh, how long the beer should be in the barrel, what should be in the barrel, and go from there. So um, I guess I'll just start off and say I have two five-gallon whiskey barrels at home Mm -hmm. here down in my basement. Uh, When I got them, I didn't plan to use them right away. So I filled them with water to keep them hydrated. Now I'm getting ready to use them uh, and I've gotten a mixed... a mixed bag of suggestions on how to take care of these things. So people are saying, okay, that's great. You've kept them hydrated. Now dump it out and put up at least two bottles of whiskey in each to get the whiskey flavor back into it. Uh, then I'm like, okay, well, shouldn't I like maybe try and kill everything that's in there first? Like maybe a little bit of citric acid or Camden tablets or something. So I'm a little out of my depth. I mean, I got all hot and horny to get these things, and I'm like, I had big plans, and now I'm like, it's not happening right now
1: because I'm totally confused. You did it. You did it backwards. You're supposed to brew the beer and then procure the barrel and uh, fill it. Oh, that's what it is. (laughs) That's okay though. This is very common, and uh, I've done this many times over the years. Where you're at right now, I would probably do something. At the very least, I'd put some boiling water in it and try to kill whatever's in there. Uh, Citric acid is going to strip out some of the flavor, including some of the wood flavor. So if you do citric acid, I would put basically like someone told you, a bottle or two in there, um, depending on this. Would you say they're five gallon? Yeah. Um, You can calculate it. Maybe a half bottle to a bottle uh, of whiskey in there after you you put the citric acid in there, after you've cleaned it out, um, sanitized it. And then I'd probably even add some extra oak, like spirals in there because you're gonna lose a okay. lot of oak, oak flavor by stripping it out with citric acid. Um, right. and, then, and then go from there. Um, I, I'm not sure, it might not be exactly like it was originally, but I mean, you'll get, you'll definitely get wood and you'll get some, uh, some mm-hmm. bourbon or whiskey in there. Um, but the best way to do this is to brew the beer and know the beer will be ready in about four weeks and then find a dis- local distillery that's gonna empty their whiskey in about a month. And mm-hmm. the day they empty it, pick up that barrel and transfer your beer right in there so you don't have to worry about sanitation um right drying out all that stuff uh that's the way i like to do it
0: it's a little so bit of planning just, but yeah yeah planning is not necessarily my strong suit <laughs> <laughs> but you can so, make an
1: exception it's a special beer so you make a, a special exception and you plan this one
0: well the, the, there's a there's a few dark beers i'm trying to plan here and figure out which one i'm going to go for right off the start i mean yes I, the, the Yes, it's. Well, I know two are going to be Imperials. One's an Imperial Porter. One's an Imperial Stout. But I'm also planning on doing a pastry stout. But I. But it's kind of off the wall, and a lot of people are like, "You got to do it right now." I'm like, I don't have time in the middle of selling my house. Oh, so, yeah. I want to make a maple bacon donut stout.
1: Wow. So when uh, so, when you do the flavors, I like to add the flavors after the barrel. So you make your base mm-hmm. stout, and then you put it in the barrel, and when it's tasting really good. Take it out and then flavor, uh, flavor to taste. That way, the flavors are really fresh. Because if you're putting maple bacon, whatever flavors in there before you put it in the barrel, then it's kind of like those flavors are mellowing out, and they're not as fresh by the time. Uh, you okay. Had to bottle it.
0: Because I was thinking about putting the the donut, because like, I'm actually going to use actual maple bacon donuts from a local donut shop here. Wow. Well, and and put them in the mash to try and keep. This the grease under control for uh, you know, by using the grain bed as a filter. Mm. So, cause I figured that would, it'll work really well that way. Just set yeah. it on the top and let it go down through. And if I need to add more maple to it, I would add maybe some maple syrup as it goes into the actual barrel. Mm
1: um yeah i mean you could probably get away with it since it's a five gallon barrel and we're gonna i know we're gonna talk about it later on probably but uh the oh, yeah. turnaround the turnaround time on a five gallon barrel is gonna be a lot quicker than a 53 gallon barrel mm-hmm. um so uh, those flavors will probably still be there three six eight months down the line when you decide to bottle it um, but that maple i would i would adjust the maple after the barrel not before the barrel okay. so whatever you have to do in the mash you do it in the mash that's fine when you're done fermenting the beer put it into the barrel, let it sit in the barrel for, you know, a indeterminate amount of time until it's starting to taste good. And then when you transfer it out, I would uh, maple the taste from there.
0: Okay. So I'm going to backtrack for a minute because we were yeah, talking sure. initially about uh, prepping it and you mentioned things like boiling water and how the citric acid and things like that would strip out some of the flavors. Uh, when I got the barrels, uh, the guy I got them from, uh, he said, drop a couple of Campton tablets in it is it kind of the same thing or I've, I've heard
1: of people doing that um i haven't done it myself but i assume that would work just fine because camden should kill any wild yeast in there um so i think yeah i think that would be fine you could do boiling water and camden tablets uh,
0: okay. but i would just
1: make sure you follow the cabinet tablet instructions what is it um it's been a while since i've made wine i think it's like, like 48 one... hours or 24 yeah. hours something like that but yeah yeah, the, the dosage amount and 24 48 hours um of leaving it before you do anything else to it
0: Okay. So now what is the difference between the citric acid and, and also the Camden tablets? I mean, they're both doing the same thing, but I think the citric acid is probably going to really get into that
1: wood better is my guess. Um, Yeah. Which is why I think citric acid is really going to strip more of the flavor out. I don't think boiling water or Camden will strip out too much flavor. Um, Maybe just like surface flavor, but I've heard Mm -hmm. citric acid really can strip out a lot of flavor. Um, okay, but, but I think it's probably one of, if not the most effective way to clean a barrel that's been sitting around for a long time
0: so when when everything's all said and done um, and, and and I know we've you, you've kind of grazed over it, you said that once the beer's done, you've emptied out whatever was inside the barrel you're transferring straight into the barrel now i've had I've read uh, it could be anywhere from three days to two weeks, depending on what you want for flavor. But I'm thinking it could be up maybe up to maybe a month max in a small barrel like that.
1: I think it can go longer. So I have more experience with 10 gallon barrels, but um okay. I found like six to eight months in a 10 gallon barrel is kind of equal to a year and a half to two years, maybe in a 53 gallon, a full-size whiskey barrel. Okay. So, I mean, for a five gallon, I, I mean, that means you could probably go at least two or three months, depending. Right. Again, the best thing to do is to taste along the way. Um, if it tastes good after three weeks, that's great. You're done. If it tastes, if it's not tasting, you know, it doesn't seem like it's extracted everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, wait, wait more um, and just sample it along the way. And another thing about sampling, I like to drill a little hole, you know, the, the vinny nail, if you heard of the vinny mm-hmm. nail. Um, Vinny Mm -hmm. from Russian river kind of invented it, or at least got, that's how it got its name. So I drill a little hole and then you nail in a uh, sanitized nail and uh, you just pull the nail out when you want to take a sample and just grab gravity feeds very slowly into a glass and then spray it with star sand, hammer the nail back in that way. You're not opening the top up and exposing it to air constantly and letting things get in there. Um, Right. It's already oxidizing with the wood and the staves a little bit. You don't want to oxidize it anymore. I was thinking using a turkey baster, honestly. <laughs> I'm... Which again, it's, I mean, it's just like a wine thief, a turkey baster, but the problem exactly. is you're opening, you're opening the top though. And then the oxygen gets in. So that's less ideal. The nail is great. Um, but you nail know, again, five gallon is smaller. It's going to turn around quicker. So it's probably not as bad to do something like that. Because um, one
0: you know. thing I was thinking about doing, because I'm going to use airlocks on the top of, of, instead of just the wood bung. I was mm-hmm. just going to put a, a rubber stopper and uh, an airlock, mm-hmm. but I can always just take the airlock out and have like a tube going into it and just create a, like a little gravity feed that way. But if the tube
1: is in the liquid, uh, won't you have issues with pressure, uh, head pressure potentially?
0: Mm, I don't think so. You shouldn't. Okay you should because it, it it's uh done fermenting right it's so done not- fermenting and a
1: little yeah a little blanket of co2 or even light carbonation is not really ideal yeah,
0: exactly deal.
1: i've had beers from barrels where they're actually carbonated coming straight out of the barrel maybe really? not fully car- maybe not fully carbonated but they tasted like they were carbonated like purposefully and it was just purely from the barrel so okay I mean, i've had that happen
0: before so what are you what sh- when you're Going for your flavors, what should you be noticing if you think it's gone too far? I mean, I got a feeling if you find it's like got too much of an oak or wood flavor to it, or if it's got like a crazy kind of wet cardboard flavor to it, then you you know it's gone too far. But h- how do you know? Well, with a five-gallon barrel, you might extract,
1: you might have too much surface area and you might extract too much wood, like you say. Um, but generally speaking, it just stops changing, I've noticed. Or the beer... You, just, you stop getting more wood, you stop getting more uh, whiskey or bourbon flavor, and mm. the beer is just aging itself at that point. Um, so like I said, like you could be at a 53-gallon barrel, you could be 18 or 24 months, and then you've extracted all the flavors you need to. The base beer is kind of aged, oxidized just enough to where everything's kind of in harmony. Um, so I guess that's what you're really looking for, is everything harmonizing you want enough whiskey flavor you want enough oak flavor and you want the base beer not to be hot you want it to be smooth um some of those hotter flavors have mellowed over time in the barrel um taking on a little bit of the oxidative character um if you're starting to taste anything bad like if you start to taste a little bit of a tiny hint of a sour get it out of there and drink it before it goes bad definitely seen that happen um if you start tasting any sort of those off flavors like that i would definitely uh Work on getting it out but otherwise you're just looking for it to really taste good everything to kind of mellow and mm. harmonize um and you don't know what you're gonna get all the time you get a boozy barrel sometimes if you have three barrels that's why it's great to blend beer sometimes you get one that's really good but it's over chocolate flavor and then you have another one that's roasty and you have another one that might have a little bit of cinnamon in it like kind of flavors um from the oak and the whiskey and you can blend those and kind of make the perfect concoction so it's okay. sometimes good to have multiple barrels on hand
0: oh okay so now going from like the barrel i mean I'm, at least my plan is to take the the um the beer out of the barrel put it into my bright tank mm-hmm. uh and carbonate it in the bright tank and from there um i'm thinking i don't know how do i take care of the barrel how do i clean it do i need to put, keep water in it to keep it hydrated do i Put water, whiskey mix, or do I put all whiskey? Really expensive whiskey barrel, but, <laughs> but uh, and go from there. I mean, no, you've got to you've
1: got to learn from what we talked about earlier. You have to have a beer ready to go. Put it right back in there. <laughs> I'm serious. As soon as you think the flavors are starting to get good, make a. Um, and what I like to do if I'm using second or third use barrels, I'll start with something big like a stout, and then maybe I'll go to like a barley wine, and then maybe I'll go to a quad, then maybe I'll go to like a. 8 or nine percent porter i'll kind of like drop down a little bit in intensity um because you're going to get less flavor contribution second use and less even less on the third use and fourth use uh, so I, I really like to use usually um stouts for my first use and then go go a little bit lower um so i just got to plan for it um you know you need probably three weeks to ferment most beers if it's a really big beer you probably need four weeks uh yeah. if, it's starting to, if it's starting to taste good brew another beer but I like to just, I, I'm serious. I like to use them back to back. That's why 10 gallons is nice. Cause it might take six months with the stout. And okay. then your next, your next beer might take four or five months. And so you don't okay. have to brew. If this five gallon starts tasting really good in six weeks, I understand you might not want to brew in six weeks right away, but, um, that's the best way to use these barrels. Otherwise it's just, you're, you're, uh, you're really gambling. You're playing with fire. Um, just by trying to sanitize them each time. And then okay. again, you're stripping out more flavors. So, um, you effectively, you might as well just ferment uh, in a normal container and use some wood and some whiskey like that, you know, um, right. by the second or third time, because you're putting a lot of effort into effectively doing the same thing, I'd say.
0: So what should people do though, if they're not, if they don't plan to use it after roll right away, should they keep them hydrated by putting boiling hot water and maybe a couple of Camden tablets in there just to make sure, dump it out, then refresh fresh it with uh, more hot water to keep them hydrated? and this key yeah yeah I would, I would i would clean it
1: out um a distillery near me a rum distillery a local guy um retired guy it's his retirement project he likes to keep them uh soaked underwater just right, sit, sitting in like a tub underwater mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i mean my concern about that kind of stuff is just like uh, mold and stuff growing so i would uh i would do what you said i would clean it out right away really good boiling water that kind of thing keep it sealed um you might want to spray the outside, especially the ends and around the bung with water every once in a while. So those don't dry out. Those are the most common leak points, the barrel ends and the bung around the bung hole. And then, um, just right, right when you're going to, right, when you're going to use the barrel again, do the same thing that you talked about doing the first time, just again, boiling water, or if you're going to do Camden or if you're going to do citric acid. Um, okay. so basically treat it the same way you're going to treat it now for first use. Um, but just make sure you clean it going out. Otherwise you'll have a bunch of stout sitting there and I don't, I don't want to know what that's going to, smell or taste like <laughs> remnants of a stout just sitting in a barrel for uh months
0: actually i know it. it's it's gonna smell sour and nasty <laughs> i've had sour stouts i mean don't be me wrong so if done right uh they're actually really really good um and it's um an acquired taste shall we say yeah. it's kind of like kind of like getting a beer out of a fooder and you're, you're like sure. either it's really really good or you're like i don't think (laughs) you've hit the mark on this one i don't i don't i don't think i've had a good sour stout yet
1: i've had a few that i could drink and i've had Mm -hmm. many that were just not good yeah
0: Um, and that's that's where kind of where i draw the line i'm like you know um i like stouts not too crazy on this
1: and you know half the time when i see them in the marketplace it was unintentional and they just said oh this tastes good which it's easy to say it tastes good when you're the one that has to sell it for your business. Um, you know, there's a little bit of bias there. I think, Oh, wow, this isn't so bad. We'll sell it as a sour stout because we're <laughs> going to sell it for $10 a bottle versus dumping it down the train. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've dumped stouts that have gone sour myself because I usually don't like that flavor, but I don't know. I'm sure like Jester King or somebody could make a really, a Russian river could probably make
0: a really good, probably have made a really good sour stout before. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that beer you were drinking from Jester King when you were down in, I I forget where you were, I think you were down in... Austin, yeah, Austin, Texas. Down in Texas. I was just like, I wonder if he's meeting the guys from the homebrew happy hour. No, I didn't know they
1: were, uh, I was only there for like 36 hours, so I had very, very little time. I met a friend at Live Oak uh, Brewing, and then I had a friend in downtown Austin I was hanging out with, and had to stop at Jester King, because I work at New Image Brewing as well, and we've done so many fun collaborations with these guys, so... I wanted to check it out, and man, Jester King is probably top, tops as far as coolest brewery I've ever been to. Really? Yeah, they oh, have 100, 160 acres. They have a goat farm.
0: They have uh, cool okay. ship. Yeah. Don't don't have that here. Uh, I work at I work at a pretty cool brewery, but we don't have that. So yes, I agree. Same here. <laughs> so, but um, so now that we've gone from okay, you've you've maintained it, you've cleaned it now how do you know when it's completely done being useful in this time barrel yeah when it's time to get new ones
1: i mean it's funny because i've used a barrel i mean a lot of times it just goes sour you know you uh you do the best you can and something wild gets in there and you're like all right it's done some wild yeast got in there and i you know taste some kind of fruity tartness um I've had friends use 10 gallon barrels like seven times and I've tasted the beer like an Imperial Mars in seventh time or like a, a big rye pale ale and it, it tastes good. There's a little bit of underlined oak, a very mm-hmm. uh, hint of whiskey. And it's like, wow, I can't believe you got seven uses out of it. Um, but I would say when you were probably at the point where you were unhappy with your last beer, you know, it's not worth the trouble anymore. Um, there's a reason why most breweries just use their barrels once, maybe twice, uh, right. because it's not cost effective for them. It might sour they're not getting the right flavors the flavors are unpredictable i mean if you make a seven percent beer and it doesn't have enough of the flavor from the wood or it has too much you know it just becomes a hassle to deal with that okay. um, so if the pros aren't finding it worthwhile then you might want to go you might go three four five uses a home brewer but just know that you're kind of in uh you'd be happy if you get something good you're, you're in that kind of territory i'd say so you focus okay. all your efforts on first use and second use and if you get more out of it um you know be thankful
0: Okay, so what should we use for whiskey to replenish that flavor? Should we just use like, you know, budget booze or should we actually get used? The way I look at it is if, you, if you're if you not going to use it, to if you're not going to drink it, don't use it. That's my philosophy. It's kind of like if you're using wine to cook with. If you don't want to drink it, don't use it. I think that's fair, but There is a little bit of
1: an exception. Um, I don't think you want to look for whiskey that you're happy to drink straight because you're not drinking whiskey straight in this. You're blending it with a bunch of other flavors. It's just a component Mm -hmm. in the final blend. It's one ingredient, for example. Like you wouldn't eat raw garlic, but you'd put garlic in your recipe most of the time well
0: you know That's,
1: yeah. okay most, most of us would not eat raw garlic
0: or my you daughter, know we would my daughter would
1: <laughs> or most of us wouldn't roast garlic and just eat that straight you know but we would yeah. eat mushrooms and roasted garlic so yeah. um i like to think about cocktail whiskeys for example because those are using other components like vermouth and other flavors okay um so those are usually more budget old granddad things like that um rittenhouse rye those are ones that I use all the time, and they're, you know, $20 or $30 in the US okay. for bottles of that stuff. Uh, Buffalo Trace is a great one for yep. roses. Um, but another thing you want to think about too is when a professional brewery gets that freshly dumped whiskey barrel, the whiskey that was in that barrel is not 80 proof whiskey. It's barrel strength whiskey, um, which is, I don't know, what, 100, 100, 100, 110 proof or something? That's what they put in that barrel because that is the strength at which it best extracts the oak. Um, it and it's more efficient blind. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so I like to look for barrel strength whiskey too. I'll look for hundred proof whiskey and I'll okay. put hundred proof whiskey in there because that's going to better replicate what you're used to drinking from professional barrel aged stouts. Um, professional distilleries, when they empty those barrels, they water down the whiskey to 80 proof um, mm-hmm. unless they're, unless they're doing, you know, the hundred, 110 proof special releases these days. Okay. Um, so that's what I like to look. Uh, I don't think you should waste, you know, a well or 12 or something really a really good hundred dollar bottle of whiskey on your uh, on flavoring your stout because I don't think it's necessarily going to come through. Um, and young whiskey is actually, despite not being great to drink straight, young whiskey can be really nice. And young barrels can be really nice in a stout. Um, they put okay. really fresh fresh flavors into the beer. All right.
0: So can, can you use different spirits in barrels? I mean, I mean, I'll, I mean, I know you probably can, but I mean, I was there's one brewery called Hidden Cove in Maine that I've been to, and they had a a, a sour that was aged in tequila barrels with uh, charred jalapeno which was actually wow. really 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 good so i'm thinking well, why couldn't you do that with say something else like like a pale ale drop drop some tequila in a barrel twirl it around and let it soak in and then go from there i mean i wouldn't do that with like the tequila i like to drink but i'd probably go <laughs> get a bottle of bottle of jose and drop it in there yeah
1: you can do all sorts of that stuff i mean uh even with just stouts like brandy uh port wine port wine's fantastic and stouts um rum is obviously good going with different whiskeys irish whiskey if you like scotch get that smoke component um and obviously scotch you can go from like super super pd to like the you know the southern stuff that's like blended and lighter right um but yeah you can go everywhere tequila uh, i would recommend tequila or gin with my uh with like stouts but i've done a really good english barley wine in gin barrels that won some won several awards um probably about five or six years ago and that was fantastic like the caramel flavors just went really well with the uh with the gin
0: i, mean, I, I respect everything that you're saying but you lost me up barley wine. <laughs> you don't like barley wine? Oh, like it's it ranks right up there with like you know you know, we walk into a room and all he smells paint thinner it's like <laughs> oh no <laughs> maybe you haven't had the right barley wines yet I've I've tried my fair share. I, it just it doesn't sit well with me for some reason. Have you uh, I, wait, what,
1: what's a good brewery by you like Bellwoods or so? Bellwoods is really good, right? Uh, or, by
0: right? me, uh, let's see. Uh, maybe not well, near
1: you, but in Canada.
0: <laughs> in Canada, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, there's uh, Le Petit Caribou in Montreal. The uh, uh, Distillery uh, Beauregards is really good because that's all they do is all dark beer, and they're only open one day a week. Any of you had a barley wine from those those guys? Uh, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it.
1: Uh, it's I've definitely learned. seen a there's a wide variation of barley wine. Um, it's not as oh, yeah. easy of a style to make, so um, oh yeah, but usually I found that most people that really like barley stouts are at least they can at least can find some barley wine that they like, especially bar barley I wine. haven't found a good barley wine around. <laughs> here So well, if you and ever make I it down to be- the Den- Denver area, I will. Uh, I will. That'll be my mission
0: to uh, find a barley. All wine right. All right. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold you to it because I also gotta drop in and go say hi to the guys over at Five Star. When next sometime I come down. All right.
1: Yeah, they're uh,
0: yeah, their place is right around the corner for me actually. So there you go. Yeah. It's just, you gotta go say hi to them. And you know that they they, they they like visits every now. And
1: then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll do a barley wine tasting over there. I'm sure they'll. There you go. That.
0: There you go. Um <laughs> I hate to cut this short, but I just got a text from my boy saying, dad, help. <laughs> he needs a ride. Oh, geez. He, he needs a, he needs a lift. Oh, no OK. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't live at home anymore, but he still needs dad to come get him. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that so, before. <laughs> no, never. So but um, would you be up to te- teeing up again? We could talk more about this down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anytime. Just uh,
1: sorry about the delay on this one before. Oh, I just had to no, wait for it's that, not a problem. That article I to totally
0: out. understand. Uh, but next time we tee up, uh, we can talk about the article you wrote for G Magazine. If you haven't seen it, guys, go to the American Homebrewers Association, go to, Zy- and go to the G tab, and you'll see what Ryan wrote on, uh, on, on on I think it was on big beers, on stouts, and, and I think also Bare on age, some just barrel age, stouts. On age barrel stouts. stouts. So go check them out. Uh, again, Ryan is, in my opinion, the foremost, foremost authority that I know. On <laughs> on on barrel aging beers and things like that. So Ryan, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate your time. We'll be in touch, and uh, we'll and we'll make up another time where we can talk more stuff. You're
1: welcome. It sounds uh, sounds great. And I think I'm the twentieth foremost uh, person about barrel <laughs> expert that I know.
0: <laughs>
1: With that said, seeing that you've
0: got your new image hat, I will. If you give me an address, I'll send you a stray dog hat for the beer for the brewery I work at fantastic that's great thank you all right man so guys again thanks for coming along for the ride and a beard two along the way i'm dan he is ryan and we'll see you on the other side <laughs>